Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business My mirrors are black for you You don't go in the bathroom with me Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Moore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you were listening to another Out of This World episode of Horror Business. I like that, Out of This World. This is going to be such a great episode because we are joined by two very special guests from across the continental USA. The Final Girls Horror cast, Carly and Amy. What's going on, guys? Hey! Hey! Thanks for having <laughs> us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. This is we're so stoked. awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy right now. Um, we are... Uh, we're doing an episode that's very near and dear to my heart. So I figured I figured I better bring in the fucking Calvary on this episode. That's why I brought you guys in. Today, <laughs> you're awesome. We are going to be talking about 1993's Fire in the Sky and 2013's Dark Skies. 20 years apart, near and dear to my heart. I can rhyme. Yes. <laughs> Are they near and dear to your heart? Is that actually an no, accurate no, description? Uh, well, Fire in the Sky, you witnessed, actually, when we watched this there, and you witnessed the dethroning of Fire in the Sky in my eyes, and I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so before we get started, have you guys seen anything horror-related recently that was, that was very good? I know me and Liam have. Mm. Um, I, in our most recent episode, I was talking about how I'm obsessed with Legion. It's not necessarily horror related. It's semi horror related, but, uh, that's the TV show I'm obsessed with right now. That's Liam's joint. He loves that show. It's so <sighs> fucking good. It's, it's so good. It's, it's I mean, so good. It, and I will say it's, it, it is horror related. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who isn't watching it and would like to get into it, but let's just say recent revelations of certain things that were only hinted at. <laughs> Uh, the, the, there's a character, whatever point is, there's an aspect of the show that every time this happens, that's very horror related. It's in fact, how they do a tonal shift is like things, things are somewhat dreamlike. They're kind of weird and abstract, but then whenever this particular character, I guess that's kind of a spoiler to say it's a character, but whatever, fuck you. Uh, when, when this character <laughs> shows up, it's like, it makes, it, whatever else is happening, it could be a love scene, but if this thing shows up, you're like, oh my God, it's scary. Immediately terrifying. Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't know why, but I'm, it's the music, I think. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, it's not just the thing you're seeing, but it's the music that's associated with the thing you're seeing that mm -hmm. terrifies me every time. Now, are you an X-Men reader? Uh, no, but I, I was, we were just speaking about this on our, our last episode. Um, I was really big on the cartoon growing up sure, and, sure, sure. uh, and I like the movies. I, I'm, not, I'm just starting to get into comic books now, so right. I haven't quite made my way through X-Men yet. Well, I think what works about Legion though, is that he's such a side character that like only a few ultra nerds have been like, it's not like in the comic book. Cause it's, you might as, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, of course it's not like in the comic book. He's not a major character. Yeah, he, did, he did shape the X-Men universe for like three or four years in the mid nineties. Well, let's so. be, let's be clear though. He showed up as a fucking MacGuffin. Very true. And then Very they true. just killed him. They were Very like, true. Oh, good work Legion. Now get the fuck out of here while we do other stuff. Yeah. Nerd alert. <laughs> Whatever. I'm fine with it. Love the it. show is really good. It's well It's well done. And it's not, you don't need, I guess I brought it up to say, you don't need to know the character. You don't need to, some of these, you know, they try to make them entry level, but it's one of the few shows that is like, if you know nothing about X-Men or nothing about Legion, 
you don't need to. The show works so well without it. Yeah, totally. It's it's it works on very many levels and it's enjoyable on very many levels. I really like it. And also Dan Stevens, who is a final Ayo. girls crush. Yeah. <laughs> we like our that collect- fella. Our collective crush on Dan Stevens, mostly because of the guest, but you know, for other reasons as well. <laughs> you guys love that movie. He we do love that movie. We and do. we love we love Dan Stevens, especially the shower scene. We just kind of just loop it over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. In it, our minds. It's a fucking killer movie, though. It's a really good movie. It's so it's good, It's a really though. good movie. Yeah. Carly, totally. did you, have you uh, seen anything horror related? I haven't. Um, I was meaning to go see the Belco experiment, but it's that so didn't happen. And so that's going to happen on Friday, I think. Oh my I'm God, really excited. So I hear such mixed things on it that your excitement is like not. No, 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 no. Here's okay. Here's the thing about that movie. The <laughs> plot, the plot is so like straightforward. Like there's no, it you, you know what you're getting into with the trailer. But I really hate when movies say stuff like you never, no one's safe. Like there's no one. In this movie though, there really is like there's so many like when, there's like twists. Not like M Night Shyamalan twists, but it's literally like you. Everything, every terrible thing that happens, you don't see coming, and it's it's just beautiful. That's super awesome. I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah, I, I I went with my coworker who's like not like a horror person at all, and he was way into it. So, yay! Me and Liam also saw Skull, uh, Skull Island, which was pretty cool. Oh, nice! Yeah, I saw that last <sighs> week, maybe two weeks ago. I liked, last I, week. I like the post credit scene a lot. I yelled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, just so much fun. I I, didn't, I thought I didn't like. It. I know you. That's okay. <laughs> I, what do you mean? I like a lot of things. I don't like anything. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I guess we should say thank you to LVAC. That should be our. Oh, we didn't do the. We didn't no. do the, the. Well, do you want to finish this section first? Like, do you just want to mention Kong? You haven't seen any other horror stuff? Uh, no. I. Oh no! I started the. Oh, I feel so bad. I started to watch the Eyes of My Mother. Oh. Oh yeah, we just did an episode on that. I know, yes. and that's why. That's why. That's literally why I was at Target and I was listening to that to that episode, and then I was like, you know what? I'll take it as a sign. And I was in Target and I grabbed it. Uh, oh, cool. I, I got about I got about halfway through and I'm not impressed so far. Yeah, thank you. Me either. <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah. It's it's kind of different than I thought it would be, but I liked it. What but were, I what, like. What were movies. you expecting from it? Like, what, how is it different? Who, me? Yeah. I, I don't know who's anyone's talking to. Um, I just, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be more art housey, and it was definitely a little bit more uh, brutal than I expected. And then there's a lot of like in between stuff that's a lot really slow. It's, mm. it's an interesting mix of things happening. But I think it's the director's like first movie and he's super young. Like he's in his early 20s. Like. To me, it's super impressive for what it is. Uh, but yeah. It does kind of strike me as a movie that wants to be more than it is. You know what I mean? Like it has kind of an air to it that something kind of deep is going on, but it isn't. It's just like a series yeah. of like brutal kind of fucked up set pieces. On the other hand, I really liked watching it. Like I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it's really it beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think I've done any other horror stuff other than I mean I guess we can count Kong if you want to if you want there to was, insist there, on it. 
Uh, I mean, I wouldn't count that as horror. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really behind on my horror movies, like new releases. But I'm going to see Raw this weekend. It's showing at an art house theater by my house. So nice. I'm so yeah. fucking jealous. Yeah, friend of the podcast, <laughs> you... John Wren said that was really, uh, was really good. I'm, I mean, I've been I'm hearing stoked. about it. Yeah, since like Fantastic Fest, people have been like, "You got to see it! You got to see it!" But like where we live, a movie like Raw is never coming here. Yeah. Or if it does, it'll come yeah. for like two nights, and then we probably won't get to see it. I bet it's on VOD soon enough. Like, I wouldn't worry about it. Usually, this art, this theater will show stuff like the week before it's on VOD. <laughs> it's it happens pretty quickly. So, I'm seeing hopefully uh, I'm, I'm seeing Life tomorrow, and I'm hoping that it's a Venom prequel, like the internet says it might be. That would be <laughs> oh awesome. <laughs> yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Ryan Reynolds in one one spaceship versus a possible. <laughs> You know, Venom symbiote. There's I, I, no way it's a Venom look, sequel. I know it's or a prequel. I know, I know it's not, but I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope. Um, That's the twist. That would be amazing. Uh, so, yeah, just first off, bef- you know what? Chris Reject is going to, he's going to wait in line when we give shout outs today. First off, thank you, Tom and Michelle. Yeah, I mean, we, th- we're recording today on our end at uh, WJRH, the official radio station of uh, Lafayette College. Mm. So big thanks to uh, Thomas and Michelle for uh, setting this up. They were so helpful and they were so not creeped out by the fact that I came in and immediately be be like a huge weirdo and started asking a lot of inappropriate questions. It's true. I mean, not like inappropriate, like I wasn't like being like a, you know, that much of weirdo, but I was, you know, Thomas has sandals on. Just fair. It's very wintry still. <laughs> it's very cold. You're very worried about the sandals. I am very worried about the sandals. I'm very worried about the sandals. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you, Tom and Michelle. You guys are God's own personal warriors, and none of this would be possible without you. And I guess thank you, Chris Reject and LVAC for doing this whatever. episode brought to you by LVAC, the Lehigh Valley's premier screen printing company, ready to print screen print for you. On t-shirts, there's other shirts, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, a beer koozie, a pin. Pillowcases. Pillow We've done pillowcases. Dog sweaters, Backpacks. too. Backpacks. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I'm sure they would do underwear. underwear. Do people screen print? I feel like having a print on your underwear would be uncomfortable. It's uh, a legit thing. As someone who has a pair. Oh. I will get hardware <laughs> underwear made. I mean, Har- that got that got like weird, but it, it was a <laughs> gift. <laughs> it was a gift from my uh, bridal shower. Sure. Someone totally thought like, you were gonna say your brother. <laughs> it was no. Hey, I got you these sick undies. Yeah. Hey, sick. He's out. <laughs> no, my sis, like that's a thing for women. I mean, you guys probably don't know, but like women, they get underwear gifts from like their girlfriends when they get married, kind of. So oh. my sister got me underwear that says like property of like my husband's name, and I, as a feminist, I was a little bit outraged. But yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that's uh, that's that you were talking about taking awkward turns. That suddenly took yeah. a very awkward turn. What's great is me and Liam locked eyes as soon as you said that. We were like, what? <laughs> I was like, she better follow this up with, and I was uncomfortable with that, yeah. or we're going to have a, an issue. Yeah, no, I mean, the feminist in me was very upset with it, but my sister really, she did it because she knew I would be upset. Like, that's I, the joke. I guess what I was so. saying uh, is that, though, is that, <laughs> I guess that's true that it's screen, I'm used to screen printing and the print being a little bit more, like when you have that, uh, when you have underwear with a print on it, Yeah, is that, I don't picture some dude 
like with a screen and a and a and a thing doing that like all right I gotta I gotta print these hundred pairs of underwear like is that how they're doing it or I don't know, I don't know. No, I, it's a weird used to work there. custom I actually yeah, have some I don't knowledge know. about this uh, yeah go ahead Carly <laughs> I have a friend who's in a band who they have one of their merch situations is underwear screen printed and they do do it all in house so is it a, is it a it is a possible band? thing. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a yes. It is a ska band. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a it, it's a goth band. Wait, wait, wait. Ooh, Why would better, it need to yeah. be a ska band for underwear? Because no other bands wear underwear but ska bands. No, I just thought it'd be funny if it was. A, it, I, it literally was. I was like, okay, I need to think of the most inappropriate band to have printed underwear. Because it was a metal band. There's some like weird kind of like uh, like thing about that where it, it would, I'm gonna go on record and say I would wear Morbid Angel underwear. Oh, that's fair. Actually. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But you know what I mean. Like there, there are certain genres in which the underwear. But could you imagine, like the, you know, the toasters man. or the whatever yeah, you know, the specials have the underwear. specials that they've got. Like oh, two tone skank, skank and pickle. I mean, very. Oh, oh my god. gosh! Yes. There you go. Good lord. Okay, so all that to say, uh, xlvacx.com. Chris Reject is not straight edge. He is not fucking straight edge. I have edge. to point that out every single time. Not we straight get, edge, we, but we the website out. is xlvacx.com. Okay, thanks. So, um, yeah, so now we got the unpleasant shouting out to Chris Reject out of the way. Let's jump in to the first movie. How does it think? What makes it move? Why does it breathe? Questions anyone would ask about a man if they'd never seen one before. So for five days, a man was borrowed. The story that Travis Walton and five other witnesses told was so unbelievable, so unimaginable, that it has become the most famous case of UFO abduction ever reported. You don't want to take a break? I'm good with not taking a break. Good. So okay. am I. So uh, you two guys, you guys have seen, you saw fire in the sky before this, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Liam had not. Never. So I'm curious, um, I mean, just a little background. It was uh, 1993. It was directed by Robert Lieberman, and it was written by Tracy Torme. Now, I want all three of you to remember that name, Tracy Torme. He's a screenwriter. Just remember that because it's going to come up later in this conversation. What were your first memories? Like, how did you first see this movie? I'll, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I actually went through a weird uh, alien obsession phase. I like that. Probably like seven years ago. And uh, my brother is really into movies also. So he was recommending some to me. And this was like the first one. He was like, you have to watch Fire in the Sky. Uh so I watched it like 500 times, I think. <laughs> like the first time I saw it, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I love this movie. So you, uh, you having, having a, a background in this stuff, you're, are you familiar with the Travis Walton case? 
No, see, I like to be optimistic in terms of aliens for some reason, because it terrifies me so much, and I don't like sleeping, apparently. So I don't try to, like, dig in and find out if things are real. I prefer to just, like, keep them in my head as real so that... I, I'm going to lay I'm gonna lay your fears to rest tonight. Because I, 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 I have quite a case built up against Travis Walton. You know what? And if he fucking hears this, come at me, motherfucker, because I'm ready. <laughs> I'm sure he still trolls the internet for his name. I'm guaranteed he's a crazy person. You know, you know how much money this guy made off this movie? He holds a UFO conference every year. Every year. Carly, That's what insane. was your first memories of uh, seeing this movie? Um, I think I just was like over at a friend's house and they were watching it and I was like, Oh, it's the T one thousand and like that yes. was my memory of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh I've talked at length about my, my experience. I, I remember seeing this movie when it when it was on Homebox when I was maybe 10 years old. And I turned 34 in exactly a month, and my father was still occasionally contacting me and be like, hey, what, what are you doing, kiddo? I'm like, uh, I'm at home. He's like, you should put HBO on, like uh, King Kong's on. I'm like, okay, Dad. And I'll turn it on and be firing this guy. He's like, gotcha, fucker. And he hangs up. Like, he did it to me <laughs> numerous times in college. Like, it's like Rick my, rolling, that, but with yeah, fire yeah. in the sky. <laughs> well, what, what, what's funny is uh, a couple years ago at a horror convention, I was lucky enough to meet Robert Patrick. And if you, I mean, we're all horror people. At these conventions, they have like the little eight by tens, the glossies you can get signed. So for Robert Patrick, of course, it's like the Terminator and Double Dragon and the X-Files. And I'm, there's nothing from him from Fire in the Sky. So I'm just like, I don't want to take up too much time, Mr. Patrick. I just got one question. He's like, what's that, brother? He's so gruff. He's a man's man. And I'm like, I see all these movies I can get stuff signed from, but I don't have anything from Fire in the Sky. And he like punched the table and yelled for his publicist to come over. And she came over and he was like legitimately like, this young man wants to get a, 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 an 8x10 for Fire in the Sky. Why can't he do that? And she like <laughs> looked at me and I was like, it's it's a really good movie. And he was like, it's a fucking fantastic movie. Now get, <laughs> on, now get on that. And then he shook my hand and was like, it was good talking to you, brother. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, also I should point out, you know, it's weird that I talked about all this horror stuff uh, in the horror related stuff. I met D.B. Sweeney, the guy who played Travis Walton in Fire in the Sky. I met him last fucking weekend. I didn't even bring that up. Like that's awesome. Where yeah. at? <laughs> uh, he was at Monster Mania in uh, in Philadelphia, and I'm amazed. I, I I I kept it under control. I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I shook his hand calmly, and I was like, "Sir, <laughs> you have scarred me for 25 years of my life, <laughs> and I'm happy to meet you and thank you for that." And he was like, "I need security to come over right now because you're making me very ner-. no." He didn't he didn't call security, but he was a very very nice gentle man. Who, he's um, a doofy motherfucker in this movie, though, isn't he? He like, is, pretty... and we're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. Okay, sorry, so, I didn't mean to jump ahead. Oh no, no, that's fine, that's fine. So, Fire in the Sky came out in 1993. It's based on the um, account of Travis Walton, who on November 5th, 1975, in just outside Snowflake, Arizona, he was supposedly abducted by aliens. Now, before I go any further, were you guys aware that uh, in this movie? There were the two big names people always talk about. They talk about Robert Patrick and D.B. Sweeney. Um, did you guys know that Henry Thomas, who played Elliot in E.T., was in this movie? No, but he that no. makes so much sense because he looks so familiar. Yeah. He's that's like the, amazing. He, he's like the young kid in this movie. And, and ah. when I put it, Liam's like, oh, that's sort of, it's so meta because it's like aliens. And then I looked on the internet and I actually got in an interview, like when they were doing the publicity tour of Fire in the Sky. Here's what he had to say about this movie. <clears throat> This is Henry Thomas. 
As a child, I helped nurture this idea that aliens were our friends, that they had good intentions and they were here to help. I carried the burden of furthering this outrageous lie for years and suffered a tremendous guilt for doing so. Taking the role in Fire in the Sky was my attempt at atoning for my grave sins against mankind and my attempt to reveal the truth about they that came from the Stygian depths between the stars. They are not our friends. They are not our friends any more than the vivisectionist is friends to the trembling rabbit. They have no more good intent for us than the slaughterhouse worker has for the wild-eyed steer coming down the chute. I carried the cross of E.T. for over a decade, and perhaps fire in the sky will bring me peace. That that he is a crazy person. That yeah. is fucking <laughs> insane. You know what's that even is more? The, literally the, I've heard some crazy things in my life, and that's maybe the top five crazy things I've ever heard. You know what the craziest thing about that is? Is that I made that up on the way over here. Did you really? I did, yeah. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> I actually was 100% sold on Oh, my God. I'm uh, such a fucking mark right now. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's so good. So, um... <laughs> So what I was saying before was, <laughs> you're an intense motherfucker, Justin. I, don't I know. Understand I, 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 I get I get very worked up. You don't even know. Y'all don't even know. There's there's a point in fire. I like that. By the way, you're getting into all this stuff about the movie. We haven't even like said much about what we think about the movie. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna talk. But yeah. there's a point where if, if people want to know, like, okay, well, Justin likes this movie. Or maybe maybe you've moved past it in some ways, but I have. but you've talked about it affecting you, and I expected you to be intense. And but 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 to be fair, you take horror movies more seriously than a lot of people I know. That a lot of people <laughs> who watch horror movies all the time, like literally the worst things are happening, and they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, like they don't respond. Whereas like you actually <laughs> viscerally respond to the movies we watch. But I've never seen you so fucking uncomfortable as you were when we were watching this movie for people listening my man gets up he's like grasping his chest like he's having heart palpitations he's reaching for my hand no that was during dark skies when i reached for no that's hand. true that's true but at, at what point you're like i can't even do this right now why am i doing this i can't do this right now but i had a realization that i'm going to talk about okay so keep going with your stuff you've got lots of notes okay, there so here's um just a little background on this movie it um it was kind of critically trashed. Um, one of the things that people said was that it couldn't make up its mind as what it wanted to be. Like, a lot of people said, oh, it wanted to be, like, a horror movie. It wanted to be a sci-fi movie. Sometimes it wanted to be a courtroom drama. Other times it was, like, a Lifetime Hallmark new, uh, channel movie. Um, the film critic, uh, James Bar Baird... I can't even pronounce his name. Bairdinelli said that, quote, this film can't make up its mind whether it wants to be a horror, a drama, or science fiction, and consequen consequentially, it's, it's, it succeeds as none. Um, I'm inclined to agree with some of that, because I don't know how you guys felt, but when there weren't aliens on screen, or Travis Walton wasn't being tormented or abducted by, by a UFO, this movie is largely unwatchable for me. Um, totally. Like... I think they do a good, like, D.B. Sweeney does a really good job of, as portraying Travis Walton as this, like, likable everyman. And he's, like, a likable dude. He's, like, you know, super friendly and, like, he's, like, you know, in the scene in the beginning when he gets, like, the donuts from the girl, he's like, oh, that Travis, he's a real heartbreaker, but he's only got <laughs> for one girl. You know, and he goes up and he talks to his friend, t one thousand sister, and he's all like, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. And he's such a nice dude and he's just, he's just a dreamer. Why are you using that voice if he's supposed to be like a nice dude? I don't know. I don't it's know. It's a creepy That's voice. what D.B. Sweeney sounds like in my head. 
No, but I mean, he just, like, that's like, that is the only non-horror part of this movie that I really buy into. Everything else is like, like, Robert Patrick's acting is fine, but it's so fucking over the top. Like, the part where he's in the courtroom and he's like, or the church, and he's like, if anyone's got anything to say about me or my crew, you say it now, and you say it to my face. Like, that is like the intro to, like, a fucking mad ball record. And it's so crazy. <laughs> and it just, That's like, amazing. it just, like, Sorry. it honestly, like, it really is, like, like, I watched, because it, it's so to slow down a little bit, before I went over to Liam's, I went over to my parents' house. I was like, if I don't make it, it's because me and Liam are watching two alien abduction movies back to back. I like that you so had you, dramatic. You had safety check in. Yeah, you had to check my, in with the fan. You know, tell my niece I love her and I might, you know, I'll, I'll see you when the other get a Ouija board ready because I might not make it. And my mom was like, haven't you seen Fire in the Sky? Like, do you really need to make it? Because my mom knows how much this movie affects me. She's like, you've seen this movie enough. You don't need to watch it again. I'm like, actually, I've probably only seen this movie straight through now three times including when me and Liam watched it I watched it first when I was nine I watched it once in college in a misguided attempt to say it wasn't scary and I fucking lost it and then I watched it with Liam <laughs> that's true Yo, I wish I had been there at that college one that sounds like the best thing ever okay so another we need another, a live video of you watching this movie I think is what we was, actually need there was see here's the thing uh, I'll, I'll get to this later it's not going to affect me as much now because I've kind of like watching this okay I took I took I have very bad social anxiety so I took Xanax before watching it with Liam and it kind of allowed me to watch it through like <laughs> the lens of a sane person so I was able to like okay like this isn't it's still scary and it's the stuff of nightmares but it's not like this like leviathan <laughs> that I've made it out to be um, but just to give you an idea of how scary alien abduction is for me, um, a couple years back, I was dating a very attractive older woman. I won't name her name because she listens to this podcast. <laughs> Jen, I miss you, and you're very wonderful. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so her and I, she was like, she was like, oh, you like horror movies? We should watch a movie. I'm like, yeah, let's watch a fucking horror movie. And she's like, let's watch The Fourth Kind. And like inside, I'm like, no, no, not The Fourth Kind. <laughs> so we're like watching this. And she like pauses it and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? She's like, because you're pale and sweating and I can feel you shaking. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and I'm like, I'm about to have a fucking heart attack because I'm so scared. And I'm like, all right, we can't watch this movie. So we don't watch the fourth. I still haven't finished the fourth kind and I never will. Um, but now that I've... I, I, can, I, I can relate to your fourth kind thing, by the way, because I, I have a thing with the fourth kind also. It's and so I've never scary. finished it either. All the I, owls. The, the scene that I walked out during was the, the voice, the, the, the tape recorder scene where she has her secretary transcribe the tape recorder and it's just fucking yeah. howling. Oh, my God. No, I think that's when I checked out, too. I was like, fuck this. It's nope. so scary. Um, <laughs> so how I feel this movie succeeds as a horror movie is the following. Um, I think the music... Mark Isham is, is a composer named Mark Isham. He does a lot of uh, movie scores. His music in this is so effective and so creepy that it really does create this like atmosphere of like ominous dread. And at the risk of sounding melodramatic, which I never do, um, it really <laughs> like it really gives you the feeling that there's these people who are caught up in something they don't understand. And I think like as corny as a lot of the movie is. That sort of is the theme, the theme of this movie. Yes, it's based on a lie. Travis Walton's a fucking liar. But if this was a fictional movie, it would be like the theme would be like a normal man caught up in something he doesn't understand, and it's terrifying. And that's what I th the music for this, especially like the um, it's I'm not a music person, so I can't. I'm not even gonna try to like Bob Rock it out. But it's the it's the main score is it's so scary. It's so scary. Um, 
And then the best review I read of this came from Roger Ebert, who said, quote, the scenes inside the craft are really very good. They convincingly depict a reality I haven't seen before. And for once, I did believe I was seeing something truly alien and not just a set dec- decorator's uh, daydream. And that's what I think this movie comes off as. It's not so much truly ball-droppingly, pant-shittingly terrifying like I thought it was when I was a kid. It just convincingly depicts something that is in every definition of the word alien. Like it doesn't look, it it just looks alien. It's it's like a tool video come to life on the ship. And it's, it's not like scary and terrifying. It's just weird and different, which I'm okay with. I'm looking at you, Liam. How do you feel about this? Because you said it was kind of creepy. Literally in that moment, I was trying to remember any Tool lyrics to sing at you when you said that. But I could only remember the Maynard part from the Rage song. And then that was really embarrassing. And I couldn't couldn't bring myself to do that. Uh, (laughs) I I, I would actually... I don't want to. I, I want to actually uh, invite our guests to to talk a little bit about it. But my initial impression, you know, I've never seen this before. So the first time watching it, and I got to say, my expectations were a little high because I'm crazy because you are so into it. Okay, but also a little low because aliens aren't scary at all. Anyway, like I don't. Carly, find them, Amy, what do you have to say? I don't about find this? them frightening at all. <laughs> I will say though that like I feel like the movie hangs. On and I think this is what you're getting at. One really good set piece. Yes. If you take away the ship and the fucking the the fact that for whatever reason these particular aliens are a old old people, yeah, like really grotesque old people, and b not just old people but specifically steampunks because <laughs> the equipment they use is not futuristic at all. No, it's they're literally aliens, but aliens from the 30s who are like, we brought all our equipment with us. Oh, this piece is really good. It goes into your eye. Let me just do it. It's everything about it is like, who does like it? Yeah. So you you sort of explain that there there is a tool, and again. That might sound like a like a disrespect thing, but I actually think you're right that there's a weird sort of um, a strange combination of imagery that doesn't feel right in a movie like this that makes it effective. It's sort of like, uh, and I'll just jump in real quick. It, it sort of it sort of reminds me of the first time I read the book Communion, um, which is another famous but very bad alien abduction movie where um, the protagonist says like the creepy the weirdest thing about being on the ship was. The aliens were actually kind of friendly. It was that the ship was just dirty. Like there was like clothes everywhere. Like the aliens just like took their uniforms off and like left them laying on the floor and everything was like dusty. And he was like, this is like, you guys are, you traveled like millions of light years and you're fucking slobs. And they're like, yeah, we should clean up sometime. Like that's how I felt about these aliens. <laughs> that dude was on math. Whoever said that. Willie Stryber. No, that's, yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean. He just was at his buddy's house. He's like, insane. so dirty here. He's insane. But I mean, that's the inside of the ship. That's what like there's like when they're dragging them in the hallway, there's just like papers everywhere. Like the aliens are just like fuck it, throw throw the tax account reports from fucking Zorblaz. I'll get to them. Just throw them over there. Like fuck it. That was weird. That was very weird. <laughs> hey, what, what did what did y'all what did y'all? I, I'm assuming you rewatched this. What did you think about uh, think of it on rewatch? I liked the alien situation at the alien encounters, if you will. But I think that you're right. All the other stuff kind of just fell short. It just felt really repetitive um, throughout where they're like, we're innocent. We didn't kill him. But then like, I don't know, every time the aliens popped up, I was I was on board. Yeah, it. uh, 
like I said, it, even even the scene where they first find when he comes back, I think is like really creepy because one of the things that I always it it wasn't what they showed that creeped me out, but when he sees that the, the fingerprints on the window. Just the thought of like the aliens like watching him when he was there, and just like the like when they pulled up to find him, like were the aliens just still there, just like watching him? Like I don't know why, but that's always like stuck in my head. Um, but yeah, and then I just, have. Like, I'm sorry, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just gonna say I have. Uh, I love like early '90s or like '80s. Uh, films like this because mm. the dialogue is insanely ridiculous. Oh man! Um, yeah. I so I like have comedic relief between the horrifying nature of the alien scenes. The alien scenes totally still freak me out all the time. I have a thing with aliens; they freak me out all the time. I'm with you. Um, but I'm I, with you. But I but I'm like also kind of obsessed and love it. So um, I. I um I really really love the shots in the spaceship. I love how dirty it is because every time you see anything alien abduction like it's like pristine and exactly. clean and yeah. beautiful and they're so much better than us and this is just dirty and gritty and fucking disgusting when he's crawling around and he flies into that other dude's little cocoon and it's gooey and disgusting. Yes. There's just a like, dissected I, human being in there. Yeah. It's so gross, and it's it's like an alien version of, like, serial killers. Like, it's fucking... It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the sky. Like, I can appreciate how disgusting it is. It's... it's uh, no, go on, go on. my... I have such a heart... Like, Travis in this movie is a child. Like, he's basic... Like, he... Do you know... Do you guys have seen the movie Swingers, right? Oh, yes. Years ago. Yes. Years ago. So you, Many times. I've seen it many times. So you know when Vince Vaughn is having his little uh, monologue in the trailer with the girls, yeah. and he's talking about how he accidentally auditioned for a child's role? Like, yeah. I feel like that's what happened here, because he's basically <laughs> a child. He's like, look at my crayon drawing of our motorcycle shop. <laughs> no, yeah, 100%. In fact, that's what I was thinking when Justin was doing his D.B. Sweeney voice. I'm like, a better version would be like a, hey, yeah. I brought you some donuts. Yeah, <laughs> One hundred percent in my head, he sounds like Goofy all the time. Oh my god! It's, yeah, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever. That crayon drawing, I died. I don't think I ever realized how ridiculous it was until this viewing, and I was like, "Oh my god, how old is he? Why is he drawing motorcycle shops with crayons?" Oh my it, god! It was. It's, it's a strange. It's such a strange moment, and especially because he hands it to him, and he's like, "See." Yeah, and like this is it. Like he's made a point <laughs> in hitting him. This. And, and then it's like, what's even weirder is like you have like goofy dreamer, you know, head in the clouds, DB Sweeney, and then there's like Robert Patrick, who's the most like blue collar 1970s guy ever, ever. Like yeah. that dude is like straight up like, I'm gonna lose my fucking house, and you're drawing shit. Like get your fucking head out of the clouds. We got work to do. Well, and then his 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 rivalry with the with the weird criminal esque guy. The drifter Alan Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that dude is so unnecessarily negative. It's like it's you get DV series walking around like, ooh, rainbows and flowers. Yeah, and like, the other guy's like, I'll cut your throat. Yeah, like Wait, say, what? Yeah, Why? Like, I think it's like like say what you will about like DB Sweeney's characterization of like Travis Wall, and he's not unlikable. Like I wouldn't pick on that guy. Like I would just be like, dude, come on, like get it together. But like that Alan Dallas guy, like they suspected him 
rightly a fucking murder. Like, <laughs> when they're like, oh yeah, Travis is gone, they're just like, oh yeah, he's gone. Okay, where's Alan Dallas? Like, we got some questions for him. Um, yeah, that guy was an asshole. Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say he's an asshole because you can hear the papers <laughs> turning. Um, so many notes. Now, one of the <laughs> one of the things that people have said about this movie is that it's only scary because it's based on a true story. It's only scary because it happened. It, that's why you're so scared. Um, I'm going to tell you Travis Walton's quote-unquote actual account right now. This is now. the only reason you wanted to do this episode. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to disprove to myself. Um, so on November 5th, 1975, in Sickers National Forest in central Arizona, uh, Travis Walton and his friends, they were... You know, they're in the they're in the thing, the whatever, the, they're driving in the truck. They see this light. Travis Walton gets out of the car. He is zapped. That's a direct quote. Zapped by a blue light. His friends run away. They go back. He's not there. He's missing for five days. They find him. Now, when they find him in the movie, he's, like, fucked up. Like, he is, like, screaming. He's naked. He's miles away from where he left. And But in real life, he called his sister and was like, hey, uh... I'm kind of lost. Could you come get me? And they went and got him. And they're like, where the fuck have you been? And he's like, hey, man, I don't know. Just, you know, hanging out. And like his memory <laughs> on the ship is, uh, let me find it to you. This is this is actually kind of funny. Um, he claims he woke up on a table. He was approached by three gray type aliens. Not tall whites. Leon. Tall fucking whites. Approached by three gray type aliens. One of them reached out. Uh, Travis Walton grabbed a nearby glass rod and waved it at the men in, men in a menacing manner. The aliens ran away. They like they were like shit, and they just fucking took off. I mean, to be fair, if a fucking raccoon or some yeah. other beast <laughs> picked up a piece of glass and yeah, waved it at me, I'd be like, yeah. oh fuck, what the hell? So they run away, and then a pair of seemingly normal people of human beings, possibly Nordic aliens. I can't be sure. I haven't done tall enough research. Tall whites, maybe tall whites. I'll give you credit there. All right. Uh, they came in they were like hello Travis welcome to our ship would you like a tour and he's like fuck I'll take a fucking tour of this ship <laughs> so they they give him a tour of the ship they let him fly the ship and they're like alright dude we gotta drop you back on earth they put a mask on his face he blacks out he wakes up on the side of the road that's what he fucking said happened did they also give him a brewski they, they, sure yes and they were like yo you know it's the 70s so he got high as shit so he sounded like the guy from Sling Blade cause that's <laughs> the like, voice you just did so um now, when this movie was when they when they bought the, he wrote a book about this, and this book was apparently like rather famous, and it was this was all over the place back in the seventies. Like, the National Enquirer paid like ten thousand dollars for this. It was like a big deal, and it was only a big deal because, um, you know how at the end of the movie they say like, you know, they passed the lie detector test. They passed with flying colors. Yeah. Um, Travis Walton took a lie detector test. Like, I think it was five days after he got back, and he failed miserably. Not only did he fail miserably, but the guy who, who gave him the test was a guy named Dr. John McCarthy, who was like a renowned polygraph expert, said, quote, in the 20 years I've been doing this, this is the most blatant display of gross deception I've ever seen. Don't, doesn't it feel like he just made it up while he was taking the test? Yeah, and here's the thing. That's what he said. He said he was trying to fool me the entire time. He was trying to hold his breath. He was doing all this stuff to try and fake everyone out. And then... The National Enquirer got involved because they were paying this guy thousands of fucking dollars. They coached him a few months later that he took a, he took a lie detector test and he pat with an inexperienced polygraph examiner, and the guy fucking he passed with flying colors. To be fair, they got literally the vampire boy to do the polygraph test. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
it's just the whole point. The reason I'm bringing this up is because um, I read a book to research this. It was by a guy named Dr. David Jacobs. He is a professor at Temple University. He wrote a book a couple years ago called The Threat, which he claims that aliens are doing hybridization. That's what the abduction's for. They're doing hybridizations. And one day in the not-so-distant future, um, because half the population, according to this guy, they're alien hybrids. So either me and Liam are alien hybrids, or you two are alien hybrids, according to this guy. There's a sleeper cell, and they're going to wake up and fucking take us over. Um, this that guy, seems very plausible. Very, very plausible, yeah. Now, so we have the two books on alien abduction that were big in the 80s and 90s were The Threat and a book called Intruders by Bud Hopkins. You might remember Intruders because it was made into a very, very shitty TV movie back in the early 90s. Written by Tracy Torme, who wrote this movie. And I'll give you one guess who introduced Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs back in the day. Liam, do you want to take a guess? No idea. It was Tracy Torme. Okay. So Tracy Torme is big into UFOs. When he got the rights to, 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 to the Walton experience, which was what it was originally written as, he read the book and was like, this is the most boring piece of shit I've ever read. I need to punch this up and make it more interesting. So that's why you have this insane account of like fucking aliens running around and, you know, dissecting people and, you know, the glasses floating everywhere and all that stuff. And he was really stoked on steampunk. He was very stoked on steampunk, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's why I don't think this movie is scary because it's based on a true story because it's so obviously like the com- – and Travis Walton got rich from this. I don't mean like he made some money. Travis Walton got very rich from both the book and the movie. So I think this whole movie is just like a perpetuated attempt at propagating this lie about alien abduction by two alien abduction experts and fucking Travis Walton who's a fucking liar. All right. Here's the way I feel about it though. He's fucking smart. He's fucking scaring us. Yes. And he's rich. Like yes. I'm okay with that. No, I'd rather this. Di- I'd rather this dude be rich who like gave mm. me this movie that I love mm. than like some football player I could give two shits about. Like Fair, I, honestly, like how is it any different? Like, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's that's why I think it, <laughs> that's why I think it, it succeeds as an actual scary movie and not just yeah. like it doesn't lean on this crutch of being like based on a true story. It's not like. Um, I can't think of any other example right now, but like that's the the, the criticism that gets thrown in this movie is oh it's only the scary. Conjuring movies Ex- yes the exactly con- or like Amityville Amityville yeah, yeah. it's like the, the same the Warrens shit. or Charlatans yeah. yeah so this movie I, I think stands on its own is and is legitimately scary I mean this this could this could have been called uh, the Alien thing and <laughs> which is the shittiest title for a movie ever great and great it, title yeah, good job know, and it, it, it it would still scare the hell out of me yeah. Um, okay, and... <sighs> oh, whatever. Wait, I mean, I, Liam, I, did feels... you like this movie? Like, I, I very, I, I very much want to support the stance you just took of don't hate the player, hate the game, which is basically what you were saying, which is like, you know, if this dude, if this dude can pull off this con thing where he's like, yeah, I don't know, some aliens, whatever, whatever, yeah, it was scary, and like, fucking make his money, I, 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 I kind of get that. I feel like... Um, this is part of a theme with you, Justin, where like you've read enough of these, let's call them um, weirdo sciences. I've read a couple books. Yeah. Where like you have like some investment here as a, as someone who, uh, you know, for me, aliens are in the same category as clowns in that <laughs> they're both real. They're both real and not scary. OK. And when people are afraid of them, they probably need counseling is what I'm going to put out there. And I'm picking, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> And I'm already in therapy, so we should just... No, that's fair. Wait, 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 wait. I'd like to interject here, because have you ever had sleep paralysis, Liam? 
Have I ever had sl- No, I've never had sleep paralysis. Then then you don't know what you're talking about because sleep paralysis will make you afraid of aliens immediately. She's got you there. I don't I uh, wait a minute. I explain this to me because what you're saying is it'll make you afraid of aliens because people associate sleep paralysis with the experience common, of being a, abducted. A common theory of alien abduction is that it's not an actual external event. It is sleep paralysis that is being interpreted as Abduction by non-terrestrial entities. Oh, yes. yeah. so See, because I have, I have sleep paralysis, and and thankfully I do not have this issue anymore. I have overcome it uh, recently, as of the probably the last decade. I haven't really had many occurrences, and I've learned how to control it. But when I used to have it, there's you know a scared kid having this and having a newly in a new internet in front of them. Uh, Googling these things is not helpful. It's just more fearful. Like now there's more, there's more knowledge surrounding this. But when I was growing up, like sleep paralysis wasn't anything anyone talked about. And when they talked about it, they're like, yeah, you're fucking being abducted by aliens. So as a kid, I regularly thought I was being abducted by aliens. I mean, that's the thing is, I, I first I first and, heard of sleep paralysis when I was a kid reading about alien abductions, and I would come across yeah. like, there's got to be another, there, please let there be an explanation for this that isn't fucking actual aliens abducting people. And one of the one of the explanations that people gave was there's a, there's actually a scientific phrase for it. I don't know what it is because I'm not a scientist, but <laughs> it, it was often this is people suffering from sleep paralysis, and they don't know what it is so they're just like i'm either being visited by the devil or i'm being abducted by aliens because right no one's gonna jump to it's this weird medical freak condition that occasionally happens which you know there's the mechanics of it are, are I'm, not, I'm again i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor I don't have time to explain the mechanics of it. But I thought you were. I was hoping you were going to explain it to me. Well, well, a layman's layman's thing, what it is, is it's basically when when you go to sleep, you know that little kick that you get, like right before you fall asleep? That's your body like leveling down so you don't act out dreams. And what sleep sleep paralysis is, is there's that kick that levels in and you're paralyzed, but then you just don't fall asleep. Actually, I feel like it's when you're waking up. So, there's all, well, there's all, for, yeah. At least for me, my experience is that I can hear voices, a lot of voices. I'll feel like I'm in a crowded room. I That's can see so everything scary. happening in the room. Yeah, a lot of times the language is not a language I'm aware of or one that necessarily even exists. It could just Fuck. be gibberish. Um, he, he's getting just, upset just having you describe this right now. <laughs> yeah. Basically. You're just stuck there in your body. And the more you freak out, the worse it gets. I'm actually so doing I, my... <laughs> it's so like quicksand in your bed. Right, basically. So I basically trained myself to know when it starts to happen and to like just let go and not try to f- to press anything. Because it's when you freak out that it gets worse and it lasts a really long time. But if you just kind of like be like, oh, it's sleep paralysis. Okay, I'm just going to go to sleep. It goes away. So I've trained myself to overcome it, but uh, I know a lot of people that struggle with it. And there was definitely parts of my life when I thought, okay, A, I'm either being tormented by a ghost or a demon or it's aliens. I mean, now as I'm an adult, I recognize that it's, you know, some chemical in my brain that's not working properly. But as a kid, like, I didn't fucking understand shit. And my parents and my family's very, like... uh, I'm I'm Italian, so it's like very Roman Catholic, very religious. So it's very much like, no way, you are not being visited by a demon, uh, you know. And that just made it worse because then I felt like alone. But mm. um, 
it's very much something that like I can relate to and anyone that's had any kind of uh experience like that that maybe is doesn't have as much exposure to educating themselves on this uh i could totally see how this equates alien abduction because just in personal experience it's the most terrifying thing that you can really experience uh as a you know american i suppose (laughs) i mean it goes across i mean it it goes across cultures like does it every culture has like a different name for for there's like the sleep paralysis the shadow people that brad steger has written about see i'm dropping mm-hmm. some signs on you guys shadow people i have all of them oh my god um yeah it's terrifying it, it, it's definitely like um I, I i remember like i mean i'm again i turned 34 in just under a month and i i still like the thought like there's like alien abduction, which is terrifying. But then there's like someone explaining like the sleep paralysis to me. I'm like, yeah, that sounds just as scary. <laughs> like that's it's it's that, really that's, horrifying. Yeah. It's really terrible. I mean, that sounds very, very frightening. It is. However, I thought there was an old man and a baby living oh, in my closet. Right. For, oh, okay, that's a whole other. Time. Oh, that's <laughs> no. Don't get me wrong. I'm taking thinking, my head thinking, off right thinking now. that there's an old man and a baby living in your closet. That actually sounds like a scary movie. That like I'm, I'm in terrifying. right now. I, I think it's it, to oh, me. Maybe may, my life is a scary movie. Or maybe it's it like maybe it's like the imagery thing. Like for me, it's partly the aesthetics of it. Right. Like if I'm watching a film, and the movies I've seen in which and including our movies for this one, that just the idea of the aliens just does not, it doesn't have that fear for me. Whereas like something like sleep paralysis, that's like a real world frightening. Like in the same way that like, it would be hard for me to feel the same way about a movie about something like, uh, like for example, for me, like uh, I'm, I'm, in my real life, I'm afraid of illness. Like I don't want to get, you know, a terminal, which is weird. I, I mean, I, technically I have diabetes, so that's actually pretty bad, but like I'm, I'm, I worry about illness, but a movie about illness wouldn't create the same you sense love of fear. David, you'd love David Cronenberg. So that makes like no Fucking sense. Love Cronenberg. Yeah. But you know oh, what I mean? Me too. But, I love but, him. Yeah. But Sorry. I'm saying like, I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is like, I, I could find a movie about illness, like emotionally affecting, but it doesn't. So like it, on one hand, like I get what you're saying. And I think if I had that experience, I would be more frightened because I make that connection. But on the other hand, like, as I'm thinking about, okay, there's a variety of things we can make this movie about that are, like, going to be frightening. It's hard for me to connect. And I think because that a lot of the tropes that people use to make things frightening take me out of the moment in an alien movie. So the example I always use is from the second VHS, right? The alien abduction. The alien abduction one in the second VHS. And I fucking hated that one because all the aliens are like tromping around like zombies. And I'm like, so they got in their advanced spacecraft and they went millions of years and then they got to earth and they were like, Oh, we can't fucking walk anymore. Like whatever. Like even in this movie, like part of what makes it haunting is for me, it takes me out of the movie because I'm like, why would it be dirty? What, who, why is that a thing? Because it's, it's, it's beyond it's, that's what makes it truly creepy for me. It's like, these things are so far be like, like just to set this up, it wasn't like like Walton got kidnapped because he got out of the truck. What the fuck were the aliens doing in the woods? 
You know, like, what were they doing out there? They're just like, were they just like hanging out? And they're like, oh, it's one of those people that we've dissected before. Uh, Norblaz, get him. And they just like zapped him up. Like, were why they... do they keep having names like Norblaz? Because they're, oh, oh fine. Uh, Richard, <laughs> could you get, uh, you and Henry get down there and fucking get this man, get Specimen 7B, and then have uh, Rajul, which is another <laughs> name I made. <laughs> but, but, but it's like, that, like, what were they doing out there? Like, what were they doing out there? I don't, I don't, I don't. You don't know. I know. I, I mean, again, don't be wrong. That sequence is very effective. I, I mean, I think we sort of said this before, but but I I also want to say, you know, when you said that uh, people were saying that because it's a true story that makes it scarier or, so, or something along those lines, yeah. that there's something about that. I actually think the the worst parts of the movie are that way because it is taking on this true story. Like the all, all the parts that aren't the aliens that are the very melodramatic moments, they feel like made for they were they were entirely yeah. made up like the whole thing with mike rogers where they're just like tell us about travis walt and he's like he was my best and he's like he barely keep it together like they interviewed mike rogers three days after travis walt disappeared and they were like so you're worried about your friend he's like nah, i'll be okay he'll be back <laughs> he's just like, on a bender they're, and they're like they're, they're, even the sheriff noted they were like how do you know he's gonna be back like that was the thing is like there was he's a, hiding in a shack in the woods yeah there was a very famous like ufo organization uh ground saucer watch i'm getting my papers ready that interviewed all the members of the crew ground saucer like watch. two weeks or not two weeks two days after <laughs> it happened and their number one result was travis walton is not on a ufo uh the entire walton family has a continuum of ufo history they're obsessed with ufos um and that what was the uh, yeah the uh the Waltons refused any scientific help or anyone who logically doubted the abduction portion of the story because they were deceiving people. Like, this didn't fucking happen. This, this, and like, that's what I always tell people is like, this movie is scary to me, not because I believe it happened. I think Travis Walton's a fucking charlatan, but it's scary because it, it takes something that was so mundane and so boring and it turns it into just something I've never seen in a movie before, ever, outside of a tool video. I feel like after that, that you like just high fived yourself. I did high five myself. <laughs> I did high five myself. Um, All right. Do you want to? Do you want to take a break and then? Uh, I got. I still have some stuff to say. Oh my god! All right. I want. I want to talk about how I'm not afraid of these aliens anymore because I had a moment of empathy with them. They do look like weird old people. They do. The thing I like when when I watch this movie with Liam, I realize several things. Now, first of all, like I said. These aliens didn't go to someone's house and kidnapped him. They were out in the woods doing their thing, and Travis Walton ran up and jumped out of the truck and ran, ran under there. Now, I'm kind of suspicious of this guy doing this truck as if, like, let's say the four of us were driving somewhere. And sure. We saw, like, a UFO. Yeah. And Liam was like, hey, I'm going to drive to the UFO. And this was Arizona in the 1970s. Uh, one of those guys was a drifter. There's no way that guy didn't have a fucking gun in 1975 Arizona. I would have pulled the gun on Liam and been like, Liam, we're going to take, we're going to, I'm going to shoot you if you if you drive to that UFO. I certainly wouldn't have jumped out of the car and gotten fucking zapped. So there's that. Yeah. They're not out to hurt anybody. Well, they kind of are, but it's all for science. Secondly, notice where they drop them off at. They kind of drop them off by home. That's kind of considerate. I can get with that. <laughs> it is. I'm serious. They could have dropped them off in like fucking, I don't know, Oslo, Norway or uh, Ottawa. But they took him like a few miles down the road and he's there. And they looked at him through the window with their fingerprints. So there's that. They were thoughtful. And secondly, when he first sees them, the first thing he does is he violently attacks them. He kicks one in the face. The alien was just doing his job. 
You know, he the <laughs> specimen got out. He was approaching him. Did he sneak up on him? Yeah, but if I was like had a dog who I was afraid of, I wouldn't. I, I would sneak up on him and I would I would grab him by the collar and be like, "Come on, we got to get out of here." And then they're doing all this shit to him. And does it suck? Yeah, but people do lots of terrible things to each other and animals. Like right now, as we talk, people are doing horrible shit to animals that they justify totally. Earlier, I mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I feel that the aliens were only creeped out by Travis Walton because he was running through their home. The same way that Leatherface was afraid of Sally because she was running through his home. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's, that's how I Is feel that about true? that. true? That's how I, I mean, feel about hey. that. No, because, like, he was in this, like, you know he, like, broke out of his cell and there was, like, one alien, like, a janitor who's just like, ugh, ugh. I gotta go there and, like, Justin. fix this, this, the, the cell. Yes? Justin. What's up? Okay, you say that you're not afraid of aliens. No, no, no. I'm but, I'm terrified of aliens. Okay, in this movie, you're not afraid of aliens. I'm still kind of creepy. However, creep- let's bring us back to the moment where Travis is on the table and they put that sheet on him, which yes. is the only clean thing on that spaceship, by the way. <laughs> that, that is sheet still, is, that scene is still, it's I will. so white, but it turns into like, an evil saran wrap that it's like so engulfs scary. his body. And, yeah. and then and they put poop in his mouth. They put poop in his mouth. <laughs> oh they shit in his mouth poop. and they put they put who knows what in his fucking eye. I mean, I think we all know what. It's semen, yeah. So no, This that is scene, not a horror movie. This is a horror scene though. No, no. That's yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. totally yeah. That's what Definitely. I'm saying is like that scene is horrific because who the fuck knows what's going on. But no. Like when I was able to when I was able to watch it with somewhat of a clear mind and be like, okay, like I I get it. Like, it's not like, it's not like we're going to talk about the aliens in Dark Sky soon. It's not like they're going into people's houses and being, like, malevolent and fucking evil towards them. And again, these aliens, they drop Travis Walton off at the end. And to wrap up Fire in the Sky, I do want to say that the very end of this movie, and I said this to Liam, my least favorite moment in this movie, the movie that that really takes us into, like, Hallmark Channel territory, the moment is when um, Robert Patrick is like visibly nervous that they're back at the abduction site. And he's like, I, I want to get yeah. out of here. And he's like, why? He's like, what if they come back? Which is a completely reasonable thing to say. Yeah. And then D.B. Yeah. Sweeney puts on his best all shucks face. And he looks at me and goes, I don't think they're coming back. And he's like, how the they're fuck do you know? And he's like, I don't think they like me very much. <laughs> and then it's like the music starts. And I'm like, fuck off. Fuck off. Like, but then I also want to think about this like I think away about Sleepaway Camp, right? Where it's just a fucking ridiculous movie that has one scene that scares the shit out of me. That's and granted, very true. At Sleepaway Camp, it's at the very end. Yeah. And in this movie, it's kind of in the middle. But still, it's it's one scene that I find absolutely terrifying amidst, like, amongst a bunch of, like, crazy, stupid, I have like, to disagree. early 90s I have, bullshit. I, I have to disagree with you because all the times that the camp owner is trying to fuck one of the counselors <laughs> also <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. So that's the other part of Sleepaway Camp. Where he's just like, why don't you come around later? And I'm like, isn't that girl, like, 15? What the fuck is going on? That's, I, I, I'm, th- this movie kind of... but the acting takes me out of it, you know? Oh, that's fair. That's fair. This yeah. movie, this movie kind of reminds me of um, Brian Yeas and the Society. How it's like lots and lots what of what the fuck? Hear me fucking out, man. <laughs> hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. In Society, we have ninety minutes of build up to one load blowing special effects scene. That's insane. That's all this movie I is. Just th- I just threw up in my mouth because you said load blowing. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. that. 
It's fine. I just vomited everywhere. So it's, I just wanted to I just vomited everywhere because you compared this movie to fucking society. <laughs> it's like society. It, it, it's like society, okay? There's like a buildup and nothing's going on and then all this terrifying shit happens no, and it's you're, over. You're right because both Morbid Angel and G and fucking R reuse guitars. They're basically the same thing, right? I don't, you're not making any sense right now. <laughs> you're, you're actually a crazy person. No, I just think society's great top to bottom. It's good. Oh my God, I'm going to fucking fight you. So right anyway, now. that's Fire in the Sky. <laughs> that's Fire in the Sky. Uh, do you guys have anything to say else about it? <laughs> can, can, can we move on to Dark Skies, which is the real, I've realized, is the true depiction of the fucking madness that lurks between the stars. Oh, I'm excited for it. Yeah. You guys want to take a quick break, or are you st- are we we gonna plow on through? I gotta go pee. Oh, also, I want to say real quick, the trailer that you use for this, Liam. There's one that they made. It's so '90s. If you look it up, it's like, "What if you had never seen a human being before? What would you think if you saw one? How does it think? How does it? Does it use that '90s? It sound? does. It uses that '90s <laughs> voice. Yeah, and then it then it shows, and then it's a Travis Walton was borrowed for five days so they could know. I want you to use that trailer for this. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, we got people coming over in five. Get your butt home. An epic game of modern warfare. Yeah, that's what save buttons are for, pal. himself before he came to my room. There's no sign of forced entry. Sure all the doors and windows are locked? I'm sure. We check them every night. Karen says you guys had to call the police. Is everything all right at home? Yeah. to have been applied with a brand. There are people who have reported experiencing the same things that we have been experiencing. I found a guy who claims to be an expert on this stuff. Have you experienced any unexplained illnesses or blackouts? Daniel, why aren't you answering me? Daniel! Feeling that you might not be in control of your own body? You cannot escape them. Sooner or later, when they're ready, they will take your family. Do not open the door under any circumstance. Leave us alone! I am. I am good to go. to us before <laughs> oh it's the worst i hate it right, it so, is so so up next we're going to be talking about 2013's dark skies um now this movie what's funny about this is uh 
my first experience with this was uh, I have a friend, girl I went to college with, who knows about my obsession with aliens and horror movies. And a couple years ago, she lives down in Florida now. Hi, Shannon, if you're listening. Um, she had she she'd gone to see some movie and she's like she texted me she's like hey have you heard about the movie dark skies and at first i thought it was the you guys know how like et started out as a horror movie and then the studio kept they were like well you know like there's like the evil aliens but then the one kind of has a soft spot for the little boy how about you dress that up a little bit and he's like okay so like spielberg re- rewrote it and eventually it just became et the mo- that movie was called, I think, Watch the Skies. But when I first heard Dark Skies, I was like, did fucking Spielberg make a horror movie? And it like went under my radar, my elitist horror radar. So I-, I watched the trailer. And if you remember the original trailer, the money shot of the trailer was Carrie Russell walking on the hallway at the end. And you see the silhouette of the alien rise up behind her. And mm-hmm. it's actually the silhouette they use in that one. It's different from the one in the actual movie. The one, in, the one in the in the in the original trailer is a more of a traditional gray, whereas the one in the actual movie is the stuff of actual nightmares. So, this movie was you know 2013, written and directed by Scott Stewart, who also wrote and directed Legion and Priest. So I'm amazed. Oh, no, actually, no. In my head, Paul Bettany plays all the aliens in this movie. Like that's actually Paul Bettany in three different roles. <laughs> He um, just pops the mask off between takes. Yeah, He's like, oh, hi guys, it's me. I'm not actually an evil alien. I'm here to help. Um, so, um, Amy, you really like this movie. I do. I because I'm like you, where I if it's an alien horror movie, like I'm in, like I'm into it. So when this movie came out, I went to theaters to see it, and I remember the theater was very empty. And uh, not a lot of people were there. And the people that were there were laughing hysterically, like, at certain parts of the movie. And it really upset me because I found this movie terrifying. And oh I still God, do. Yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, he- it's very... The weird thing about this movie, I feel like, is that it's kind of like if a ghost movie was about aliens. Yeah. It's like Poltergeist with aliens. And I, I don't think yeah. that's... Like, I, I don't think that's, like, a, like a slag on it. Like, it... it no, not at all. I love both, so it's kind of like just merging my two favorite things, and who doesn't love that? Like, I know people who walked out of this movie and were just like, you was fucking yeah. boring, and I'm like, I, I know you and I talked about this over Twitter, but that scene yeah. in the bedroom where Carrie Russell walked, that is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in a movie. That it's is so, terrifying. It's so, fr- and I remember like when I was watching with Liam, I was like, Liam, I'm gonna cover my eyes. I'm just telling you right now, like I cannot watch this part because, and then like I didn't. And I was like, oh fuck, the way it turns its head, it's so frightening. Like, legit, it's really scary. And um, I remember specifically the scene where Carrie Russell hits her head against the glass. Yes, uh, yes. People, people, fa- people were like laugh out loud, cracking up at this scene, and I was like. Are you not embracing what this is showing you? Because yeah, yeah. it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I think I think that the actual like the dialogue and the writing of this film is really good, and I think Carrie Carrie Russell's a fantastic actress oh, yeah. or actor. Um, so t- to me, I was like, if you're laughing at this, you're an asshole because she's awesome. She's doing a great job, and the writing's good. So you're just being a dick. <laughs> this is terrifying. Like w- one of the things I like about this movie um, is that. It really like, I think the pacing is really good, and mm-hmm. I, I I'm really into the whole idea. Like I do think like the the family having like financial trouble that's kind of like a a, a beat down trope, and they didn't really need that. Like I I think the fact that like all this terrible shit was going down was enough to kind of divide the family. Um, but 
like there was like it's 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 weird like this isn't like I wouldn't rank this in like my top 50 movies of all time but this movie is not only scarier than I remember like way fucking scarier than I remember it being it's also a lot better than I remember being like the yeah. ending is really sad like I hate the little kid like Sammy I he was the thing I hated most about this movie I don't like child actors I I just I don't like I'm generally not a fan of kids that I'm not related to. They just, they bother me. And Maeve, she's fine too, Liam. She, I'm not, the, everything I'm saying just doesn't affect, just doesn't apply to your daughter. She's, she's wonderful. But like, this, it was just like an incredibly, like, it just drew me in. And like, I think one of the reasons that it like, it hits as hard as, the, as it does at the end is because like, you actually give a shit about these people. Like you're totally yeah. buying into these people that they're, they have this life that's falling the fuck apart for reasons they can't comprehend. Agreed. I agree with you. Um, this was mo- I didn't like this movie when I saw it in theaters originally. Um, I think I might have fallen asleep, actually. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, like gotta watch this movie. But I was really, I was like, why didn't I like this? The, like the first time I saw it, because I actually really liked it. Re- like upon revisiting it. Mm. Liam, how did you feel about this movie? No, thank you. You didn't like it? <laughs> it's fine. I mean, here's the thing. I think when it came out, it was, so this is 2013, you said? 2013, yeah. It, that mm-hmm. was the time where I think I was the least interested in like newer horror movies. And so I felt it, it, the, the film from afar felt like, okay, they're just taking a lot of things that are going on in horror right now, but applying it to aliens. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a critique a lot of people had of it is that, you know, oh, it's kind of like any sort of ghosty movie, but it's aliens instead of ghosts. Um, and so then I ended up seeing it on Netflix just out of boredom. I put it on and I couldn't get into it. It just wasn't for me. Okay. On this rewatch, there are, you're right, there are actually some really effective things ab- about it. Yeah. But um, as you know, I have a weird relationship with this alien thing because the truth I, I, you have a weird relationship with the truth it's no fine. that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't find them that scary anyway but especially in a situation like this there's some part of my brain that can't like I'm like okay but why are they harassing them why aren't they just taking them or like when you see the alien in the hallway and you're like oh my god that's so frightening nothing about that is frightening like when I see that alien I literally think Turn around and punch that fucker in the face. There's nothing scary about that thing. All right. There's nothing about it. Just punch <laughs> that. That is the weakest little thing. It looks like one punch, and it would go. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me leave. Like I can't with that. You are what, actually. Insane. What would make these aliens? What would make these aliens more frightening to me is to be more detached. The thing that would make it even more scary is they're like you have no option. You have no way of accessing them. When they show up in the hallway, they're like, yo, I'm going to scare the shit out of this human watch. Like, <laughs> that is not compelling well, for me thing- at all. And w- w- I think, honestly, when the the part, I, I think the critique of, oh, they just took a lot of tropes familiar with a ghost story and added an alien thing, the only reason that bums me out, like, I actually would be fine with that because some of them were very effective. For example, the idea that there's something wrong with them and, you know, for example, when you said uh, when Carrie is hitting her head on the window or even some of the things that little kids do that, you know, when he's just like staring off in distance and pisses himself like yeah. and starts screaming. I think all that stuff kind of works. But in an, for me, in an alien film, I can't. I couldn't get into that as like, okay, but why is are these things happening? I, it just wasn't connecting for me. And I don't find aliens, just the image of a skinny gray thing, is not frightening to me even oh, a little bit. Oh, my God. So all those things made it a little bit less. I will say I agree. 
She's great. I disagree. I didn't hate the kids. I actually was fine with the kids. The husband, though, can take a long walk off a short pier. What? That dude is the worst. Okay. Yeah. The whole I, movie, I, I was not into him, and I was like, he is the one part of this cast that is is not working for so me. So you were happy in, in Starship Troopers when he gets killed? Yeah, I don't even remember him <laughs> in Starship Troopers. I don't even remember him. But she's great. I, I actually really agree that she's great. And I, again, I, I uh, be, uh, you know, I, uh, I wasn't in love with the movie, but I, I will say, certainly for me, way better than Fire in the Sky and has some really effective moments. I just think uh, if you're going to sell me on aliens, I think some of the more physical stuff where they're coming into the house and they're kind of stalking them a little bit, I just, I, I, I can't connect with that as much. I think if they had kept some of the weird things like phenomena, like with the birds hitting the house. Yeah, yeah. That is actually really frightening. There's something about that that really is effective. Um, but if it was more like, uh, you know, the sorts of films where the aliens, it's just a light. You're just, you're trapped in the light. No one can come and get you. They're not like physically standing there. I think like, that would be a little bit more effective. It, it wouldn't get at me viscerally because I don't find aliens that scary, but that would like work for me in a way that like, once the aliens are close enough to me, unless I'm supposed to believe that these aliens have like superpowers or they're somehow like, you know, super strong. You know what I mean? Like, I guess this would be different if these were like reptilians. I have a theory. Oh, God. Here we go. So I have a theory. So uh, to prepare myself for this episode, quote unquote, prepare, a.k.a. dull the fucking mind numbing terror in my head that I feel with all of this. <laughs> In the past couple days, I've watched several alien abduction movies. I watched the sure. found footage movie Alien Abduction, and I watched yeah. Extraterrestrial, which was one of the first movies. Oh, yeah, I watched yeah, together. yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither of those movies are scary. No. None of, none, neither of them hold a candle to either of these movies. Um, what I think makes this movie so scarier than Fire in the Sky is – I was talking to my dad about this the other day because, you know, he gets it. And he had said he had seen, he's also seen Dark Skies. And again, I know I'd mentioned earlier, like the thing with Fire in the Sky, all of that revolves around bad decision making on the parts of the human characters. Travis Walton should not have gotten out of the truck. Like even the part in the movie where he gets pissy with Mike because Mike left him. It's like, no, dude, I would have left you too. Like if that was me and Liam, this is what would happen. Liam gets out of the truck and I'm like, yo, dude, get back in the truck. Nah, man, I'm here. I'm leaving. Jodorowsky rules as he gets sucked up into the spaceship. That's how that would play out. And, you know, it would be over. But, like, in, in in Dark Skies, like, these aliens just show the fuck up one day and they make these people's lives. Like, J.K. Simmons, he I believe he actually uses the phrase, it's like walking through hell. Like, and when they're like, why do they pick us? And he's like, I don't fucking know. Like, it happens to thousands of people and the only thing they have in common is that they're not special at all. And I, I, I think that the fact that these aliens are doing all this like sinister shit to them and it's kind of mixed in with how they're, they're like branding them and they're tagging them. It's almost like they're testing them. And but they're, it also like the, just the way they look and the things they do, it just hints at this like malevolence that the aliens in Fire in the Sky don't have. Like as like weird and ball sacky as the aliens in Fire in the Sky are. You can all you can justify all that by being like, yeah, but they're doing like scientific experiments, and it really sucks to be on the uh, receiving end of a scientific experiment. But the thing with the aliens in Dark Skies is that they're like evil, like evil. They look evil, they act evil, they do horrific shit, and um, that's what really gets under my skin. And 
uh, I actually read about this this phenomenon a couple years ago. It's something that in the UFO community they refer to as unspeakables, and there are two unspeakables that they don't often talk about. There's missing children, which people think that these aliens come and kidnap people, and then there's human mutilations, like cattle mutilations, but they do it to people instead. That's two things that people don't talk about. Apparently, back in the 70s, there was a whole file in Project Blue Book, which is the famous Air Force project designed to study UFOs. There's a whole file that people claim to have seen where there are dozens of reports of children going missing, of children turning up dead, of people turning up dead at UFO hotspots that just no one talks about. And I don't know if the people who made this movie drew upon that. I'm inclined to say that they didn't. But it's kind of creepy because like everything that J.K. Simmons says in this movie actually has, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's actually ends, has a real world um, counterpart to it. And that's what makes these these aliens in this movie that makes it like truly terrifying. Like again, in Fire in the Sky, it's like, yeah, but they're just goofy, you know, weird little wrinkly scientists. Like whatever. These things, it's like, we don't know what they're doing. We don't know why they took, uh, what's his face? Um, a Tanner or Tucker or Connor, whatever the older brother's name is, Dakota Goyle. Jesse. 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 I was close. I was close with Tucker. <laughs> so close. Tucker. Tucker. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that that's what that's 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 what makes this 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 movie so truly terrifying is that it's just, it's it's unknowable. You don't know. Their I totally motivations. agree. Um, I totally agree with that. I I think that the that's the reason why it's terrifying is because you know what the characters know. You don't know any extra exactly. information. Yeah, they're, they're, and they're, J- and J.K. Simmons' character is awesome. He's a great actor, and I absolutely love J.K. I love Simmons. Him. And I love that he just has all this knowledge, and that's how we get our knowledge. We learn along with our characters. I, I can appreciate that. I, I like not knowing extra information, especially when it comes with aliens, because sometimes in these movies, like the more you know, the less scary it is. Exactly. And I like how it's kind of muted, and you have to figure stuff out along with your characters. Um to me, I find it very effective. I also think the ending of this movie is phenomenal. It's so um, sad. It's so sad. It is. It's really sad. Um, I I disagree that the kids are annoying. I, I think that these kids are, are pretty good actors. I think the relationship uh, I, is adorable. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. it they it totally is. Like they're like you know sky commander to earth or whatever they do it's really Rocket cute or whatever yeah 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 I, I i yeah i totally agree with you though justin i think i think our knowledge being the same as our characters is effective and i think jk simmons is like super awesome and one of the things it, I like scary a, one of the things i like about jk simmons character is like when i saw this for the first time i was kind of like oh great they're gonna do the classic yahoo because that's what they do in harmony yeah. now they do a yahoo search and suddenly know all the fucking answers i was kind of nervous they were doing that but when they got there and they're talking to him he wasn't like he wasn't what um they call in the horror show a mangle expert he was just mm. like the guy who was like no they're grays and he he dropped some science on liam and it bummed liam out because he said like mantids and reptilians aren't real i'm kind of torn on that <laughs> but he basically said, i only believe in tall whites yeah. <laughs> He, he, he basically, you know. Well, I mean, Donald Trump has proved that wrong. We all know that Donald Trump's <laughs> yeah, a reptilian, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, even w- when you meet this, like, trope in a movie, like, the guy who knows everything, and he's just like, here's what I know. You're fucked, probably, and we don't know anything about him. And that's it. Good luck. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's kind of ridiculous, though, how he's like, you have to make it very hard for them to get your children. And they get, like, a dog. Like, the aliens show up, and they're just like, ha we have you. Oh, fuck a dog. 
shit. Um, on to the next family, I guess, because we can't get around <laughs> no, the but dog. It is, but it is like he is telling them, like, don't give up hope and fight for what you have. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Th- that's giving them something to go for. And rather than just being like, well, sucks to be you. Good yeah, luck with yeah. your shit. At least he's giving them something to strive for. And that's our ending of our movie. And obviously it doesn't work out for them. Uh, but that's what makes it so effective is he's like, I'm not saying it's totally helpless. There are examples of when this works. But you got to fucking fight for it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I appreciated that. And I, I think this movie also drives home one of the things that scared me most about the alien abductions when I was a little kid was when I was a child, um, you'd, you'd watch a movie about a haunted house. And I'd be like, yeah, this is scary, but just leave. Like if, if I went home and yeah. there's like like a ghost, I'd be like, oh, I don't have a house anymore because there's ghosts here. And. I, but I remember like reading about these aliens and it's like they, they'll just find you wherever and like I, I, I read way too much about this stuff so there's like the stuff about the implants and the alien fingerprints and the neon tags which you should look that up if you get a chance it's, it's terrifying um, and they even say that he's like well, we're just gonna move we're just gonna move and, and, and Simmons is like they came from who knows how far you really think if you move to the next town that's just gonna they're gonna be like well we can't find them so you know, it's like, you got to fight, you know, and it's like, that's always the scary thing is like, you can't, well, nowadays with James Wan and his movies, it's like, oh, it's the person who's possessed, so haunted house movies aren't what they used to be. But in this one, it's like, leaving wasn't an option. They would just come and find you. It was like the mob, but from outer space. Or totally. possibly, possibly in this case. I think, I, I think we might be dealing with some, some ultra terrestrials here. They come from the spaces between spaces. I don't know. They don't see a spaceship. They disappear in a flash of light. It could be ultra terrestrial. It could be dealing with extra dimensionals. I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist. I would actually be okay with that extra dimensionals. That would be better. Yeah. So you're a fan. I mean, of- you just threw some knowledge at me that confused the hell out of my brain. So. I liked it. I oh. I yeah. feel like you know the way that he like messes with the little boy's brain and makes him think that like the parents shot themselves and that's that's what that's I mean. Like- it's like that's like again in Fire in the Sky when they stick that probe in his eye and they do all that shit. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm sure somewhere there's some alien scientist like jotting something down. Like, all right, we got this measurement. All right, it worked. Okay, throw him back in the cell. Like. Why were they making this kid believe that his parents had shot himself? Like, what is the purpose there? What is to be gained from any sort of like, like it yeah. just again? It, it just seemed like there was there was a comic book a couple years ago, uh, Atmospheres by Warren Ellis. You should read it if you get a chance. Where they track down aliens who have been mutilating cows, and one guy is like, "Well, we can't discern their science. It's so far beyond us." And they talk to the aliens, and the aliens are just like, "No, we really like inflicting pain on other things. That's why we do this. Like, it's not science. We just really like hurting things." And that's so fucking scary that yeah. there's this advanced totally these advanced like intelligence that just likes hurting people. And that's that's what this whole movie feels like is just like an advanced intelligence that is just like fucking sociopaths that are just toying with people. It was during the scene in the hallway when Carrie, scenes, Carrie Russell's walking in the hallway where I began screaming and insisting Liam hold my hand. I just want to point that out. It's true. I had a lot of fun sending uh, little gifts to you oh, yeah, about with you, us. <laughs> Yeah, the one you sent me, I saw it at night, and I saw like the still of it. I was like, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna look at that till tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play with it. And again, like I, I told, I, I told Carly this uh, a few weeks ago. I let, I, I let Coco Bean out, my dog, out, outside at night, and I'm like standing outside, and I like look up in my, 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 my room, and I'm like, there's a fucking alien up there waiting for me. I just, no, there's no way there's not an alien up there. And I, I totally actually was. got afraid where I was like. 
fuck, I gotta get myself like psyched up to just like bust in my room. Like this is what's crazy. This is what's crazy to me. This is where I, I feel like we are d- diverging in a wood here. Because let's say I'm in the backyard and I get and I look up and I'm like, there's something waiting for me in my room. And I get fucking up there. It's terrifying. Every step, I'm afraid because in real life, I could be that. I see myself. I could be that way. And I turn the light on. And of all the fucking things, there's an alien. I'd be like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank. Oh, thank. Thank the Lord. It's only a gray. What are you gonna do? You're gonna zap me? No. Then let's fight, motherfucker. Like I'm. I'm okay with that. Every other thing on the list of scary things that could be in the room, I'm gonna have a heart attack if I turn on the light. So and Liam. It's there. I have a question for you because so it seems like you're not afraid of aliens because they look skinny and whatever. They're not as intimidating looking to you. Right. But if they could just randomly appear in your home while you're sleeping and brand your children, you're a new dad. No. Doesn't that freak the shit out of you? A, it doesn't that much, but it does a little bit. (laughs) I would love to hear Suze's opinion on this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me clarify this. The films in which the aliens are not up in your grill, like it's like they're detached, they are the way, because here's the thing, the perfect analogy to me is actually one that Justin made earlier of our relationship to animals, especially in a testing situation, you know, and the reality is uh, when we have that much of a detached relationship, we're very rarely in the space where we are physically present in that way. There's like a certain sense in which if you are a gerbil in a facility, we are God and you are fucked and there's no fighting back. Yeah. And it's just, it's just how it is. That relationship in a film, I get a little bit of what's scary. Inevitably, People who make alien movies wish they were making a different movie. And so they got to put the aliens up in your face and they're physically there and they're grabbing you with their dumb little alien hands. That's a guy or a lady, whoever, who isn't really wanting to make an alien movie. They wish they were making a different movie because that's not what's scary. A gray grabs me, I'm going to break his little gray fingers. But if he's got <laughs> but if he's got all the technology, which this is the thing, they've traveled, thou- this is what's what for me okay i'm i'm making these claims that this is for everyone but for me personally if i'm going to find alien scary it's going to be a sense in which they're like our technology is such that your technology and and science and all the things you think that make you humans so important is meaningless you're like a gerbil to us and we'll do whatever we want to you and every one of these movies that i've seen i say everyone but a, a chunk of them they inevitably have the scene in the hallway and that scene for me that's so scary for you i go that's dumb that's stupid. If it had just been lights and we never see them, that's actually scarier for me. I don't know, man. I can't. I just there's just something about those silhouettes, especially the gray. Now, uh, granted, if we are talking about, and this is funny because they're not scary. If we're talking about Arrival and those giant, I didn't see it yet. Oh, oh, those cool oh, octopus monsters. Yeah, the, so the, good. the 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 aliens in Arrival are, are like as inhuman as you could probably. It's literally like Arrival's a movie in which. Uh, the old ones show up, but they're nice mm-hmm. and they want to have a conversation yeah. with us, but we don't know how to talk to them. That's what they look like. It's like fucking mini Cthulhu's and they're like, we're trying to talk to you guys. Driving the Walmart after this and I'm getting this movie. <laughs> but you know what, yeah, I'm, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, if those, mo- if so those were the aliens and they show up and they're trying to grab me, then I'm like, oh, fuck, we're fucked. You know, like that, then, I'm, then I can kind of get the thing. But the, this, this idea of... Uh, using aliens to be physically imposing 
miss for me personally misses the point. And I'd rather see them as, as you described them as I think they're actually scarier as detached scientists who don't care about us. And the reality is a detached scientist who doesn't care about us doesn't need to be physically present. They don't need to be okay. They at, okay. at most I want to see them behind a glass just like staring because they don't give a fuck. Like the one alien in Fire in the Sky who enters and they, they all they all venerate him. Sure, 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 he, sure, he's, sure. He's sure. like the senior doctor. The the weak part of Fire in the Sky for me when it comes to that sort of scariness is really all the stuff between the alien. The alien stuff really is effective. I, I get annoyed with it a little bit. It's some of the decisions with it, but I think overall it is nightmarish, but dark skies, you know, all the stuff that really worked had no aliens in it. It was the people having a freak out for me personally, that really worked. I'll accept but the, that. I but mean, the aliens wrong. were always there though. They just, you couldn't see them I because guess, like whatever. when like the little, baby was a baby they were there yes when they were nobody fucking, could see they were them fucking with jesse when he was a kid mm-hmm. yeah well that's also why i think you have a good point that they're not extraterrestrials that they're uh they're ultra terrestrials. Ultra i wasn't yeah. making, i wasn't making a joke when i was saying that like yeah no no that and extra dimensional but again they had to resort i'm also tired of as a movie watcher that all the aliens, not all of them, but a lot of the aliens, that they're just different formats of of grays. That's like the, no, the, the standard you. image. I'm just kind of over that. It's not intimidating to me the way that some other nightmarish creature could be. If one of those aliens walked in this room right now, what would you do? Besides throw me to the fucking wolves and, and run out of here to save yourself. You'll be afraid because they're terrifying. And now I'm not looking at the door because I don't want one to walk through. <laughs> Yo, for real, for real, like... I'm not Justin, afraid. I'm not afraid of a. Much, I'm not afraid of a fish door. creature. But if one walked in the room, I would shit myself. Like that's different. Like in, obviously in real life, <laughs> fish creature. I'm not afraid of a leprechaun. But if one actually showed up, I'd be like, oh shit, it's a fucking leprechaun. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, okay, real life, a gray is going to make me uncomfortable. But it's not the source of a nightmare the way that other things are. Okay, that that's that's fair. You're wrong. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. It's totally something. I um, think it is. I mean, I talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark a lot. <laughs> yes. But, there is um, the- there's, there's like some really terrifying aliens in that show where they are kind of like spectators like you were talking about. But the imagery there is like completely terrifying or even Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get shit for this, but I think Signs has some really scary moments in it as like an alien abduction I movie. I love signs. Oh my God, you're not going to get shit from me because I think Justin and I are like the same person in terms of <laughs> about these movies. I, I, I always, I usually agree with Justin and most of the things he says or I at least like understand where his point of view is. But I, um, I, what I think is really, it's, totally, signs is the scariest fucking alien movie I can think of next to these two movies. And it's really funny that you guys picked both of these movies because I have had this idea for an episode for a, like since we started. Where it's like <laughs> we need to do an alien episode with dark skies and I, I 100% this episode to a T I've like had planned in my head for a long time that. and I'm that. totally happy to share it with both of you and to be on your podcast to do it instead of ours I'm totally thrilled about it because <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I was totally going to gonna roast you for what you said about signs but now you're being so nice <laughs> that I'm like you know what this is a good point to end on we should wrap up at this point because it's so yeah. pleasant <laughs> and we love you that you wanted to do this with us and, and that's really great because I just want to tear into you about Signs so bad. I am down. If you want to go toe to toe on, on signs, I am down. No, I actually you do not I, have to be like I'm a chick, but you don't have to be polite to me. We no, 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 no. I really and, and honestly, I did really like it in the theater. I just 
of for my personal pet peeve of like I don't understand why you would make aliens this way, Signs is like number two on the list. What's number one? Interesting. That VHS. Oh, that, v- that yeah, segment yeah, yeah. of VHS yeah. in a, in a series of like VHS is not the strongest anthologies. Period. That particular segment is my least favorite of all the VHS segments. Damn. Period. It's stupid. It's a zombie movie, but let's do aliens instead of zombies. Bums me out. I love signs. I'm just saying, I love signs. I think signs, yes. I've, I love it. I love it so much. It's one of like the only M. Night Shyamalan movies like I love. It's, to me, much better than The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Oh my I gosh. It. I actually have, <laughs> I, I actually went out and bought the book that those little kids are reading. Oh yeah, I have that because that that movie came on not too long ago, and I, I watched like the latter half of it with my grandfather, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, that book they're reading, I got that book," and he was just like, "Oh, cool, I'm locking my door when I go to bed tonight." Like, <laughs> so uh, I think we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna wrap it up. Um, so if 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 someone wanted to wanted to check out your Twitter or your Instagram, where would they go? Uh, for Twitter, we are at Final Girls HC. And on Instagram and fi- and uh, Facebook, I think we're just search for Final Girls Horrorcast. I think it's just slash Final Girls Horrorcast, cool. to be honest. And I is, and is should they also go to the web? Do you have a website? Like what what you know what I mean? Like, yeah, e- finalgirlshorrorcast.com. All of our episodes are up there. Excellent. Totally. I do everything. If yeah. I, I'm sure lots of people who listen to, I do everything on my my podcast app. So I realized the other day, I'm like, yo, if I had to recommend something to someone based upon a website, I don't even know the websites for a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. <laughs> because I just find them, I find them on Overcast and I'm like, oh, uh, subscribe, done. And I don't even think about yeah. it. So I was like, man, do you guys have a website? Well, I guess you do. Yeah, but, uh... we're, we're on everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you search for Final Girls Podcast, <laughs> you should be able to find us. No problem. Are you, are you guys going to uh, Monster Palooza? I am uh, Carly. Carly is being lame, but uh, I am going. There was totally. there was there was about an hour last week where I was gonna be there. I was gonna go out. Oh. I, I have a friend who lives in Los Angeles, and I was gonna I was gonna like surprise you guys. Like oh, that would be so rad. Like, hey, what's up? But uh, yeah, now unfortunately it's not happening. So I will be. Well, out you there just bummed me out. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My friend is getting married on April eighth, and so I'm gonna be out of town, and I'm so mad because there's so many cool things going on here this that weekend. Yeah. That I was like, if you were anyone else, I probably would not go to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, guys. Thanks for being on the show. Um, is there, any, is there anything us. else you want to plug while you're on? Oh here? yeah, yeah. Anything? Do you guys do you guys do any other podcasts, or is it just Final Girls? This is it. This is us. It for us for now. Uh, Final Girls Horrorcast, and that's it. Yeah, please cool. listen to us. We're we're getting we're finally getting in our groove. We're doing we're doing our thing. We're, I think I feel like we're the female version of you. Like I feel like we're on similar wavelengths like in that, terms yeah. of how we just kind of like discuss two movies an episode and and shoot the shit. And we're not super like researchy or, or like some other podcasts might be. We just kind of talk like normal people yeah. to each other. I mean, so. except for that signs bullshit. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 viewpoint is allowed. However, fa- however, it is false. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. It's really great to have you all on and uh, have a cool conversation about something that Justin has wanted to talk about for a lot from the first time we did this together. You've been thinking about it. <laughs> yes, I have. All right, guys. Well, we had um, a blast. Thank you so much for listening. Carly, Amy, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Um, you guys should uh, check us out on uh, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, download, download, download. 
And if you leave us a five-star review, email us at theharbiz at gmail, and I will send you stickers and pins. It will mean us with your address. Send us the address, and I, I won't, I'm not going to show up and stalk anyone. Amy knows. I send her, I, I send her pins and, uh, and stickers. So, yeah, uh, they're awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. They're, they're um, perfect and awesome, and everyone wants them, so you guys should totally do that. Yeah, I agree. I'll send more. So uh, <laughs> until next time, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, stay spooky. Is that your thing? That's, that's my be, thing. That's going to be your that's sign? That's my thing. That's stay it. spooky? <laughs> 18 episodes in, stay spooky. Fuck. All right. Happy see you guys later. Point. Have a good night. <laughs> oh, my God. They might keep talking. Right, Liam is going to go, I guess, end yeah, this. Export the audio. He's going to export the audio. What, t- what time is it? My phone died a minute ago. Oh, my God. It's like 1230. Jesus Christ. <laughs>